Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. John Ledyard and Trevor Sikama. And guess what, man? It's here. It's draft Ooh. week. Ooh. It's, been a long, it's been a long time coming. I feel like this draft, uh, more than others, have just Every year. dragged on. I don't know. That's because of the gap. It's the gap, it's the gap on, between the combine and, and, the, I, yeah. and I think the combine was earlier, I think. Or That's got to be it because, like, you and I went to it too, yeah, so it's like right. had all the hype when we were there, and it's like, oh man, let's draft these guys already, and right. here we are talking about people who are still rising and falling the week of the draft. So, right, I guess the combine was later, actually, wasn't it? Huh? I don't know. We just, it just feels like a long time. But anyway, it's here. I'm excited for it. I know we've got great content for people who don't know. This week we're doing the first round mock today uh, for Mock Draft Monday. We are doing the second round tomorrow. We're doing a third round uh, on Wednesday, and this is a what we would do mock. And then Thursday we throw up our bold predictions for the first round, like five or so each, and we're doing our predictive mock draft, what we think will happen, not what we think should happen. So you get three days of what we think should happen in the draft, and then you get to hear how differently the NFL thinks right before the draft. And then, of course, we'll keep you covered as the draft rolls around with tons of great coverage as well. So let's get into it, man. You're doing the odd picks. I'm doing the even picks, as has been our want throughout the draft season. You got the Browns. You're on the clock. Are you shaking things up, or are you doing what we always knew was the right thing to do? Now I'm doing. Uh, I'm unfortunately for the people listening. I know they want me to utter chaos, but uh, it's. I mean, it's Miles Garrett. It it truly is, and and that's whether it's from my side or from the NFL side. I've I've heard that ownership might be getting a little uh, restless. That Cleveland has not had their franchise quarterback show up yet, but it's it's not at number one, and it's not over Miles Garrett. He's just he's by far and away the top prospect in this draft. And when you talk about that, you know, like best player available thing. And when you look back on the draft, you want to make sure that you got the best football players on your team from the pool that was given. It's Miles Garrett. That puts me, I mean, I got a tough spot. The 49ers are in a tough spot. Ideally, you'd love to trade down, I think, a couple spots because there's a lot of needs here. I've mentioned the Jets being in a similar place to the Browns a couple years ago when they traded down or last year when they traded down. 49ers are pretty much in that spot as well. I mean, this roster's bad. Um, and But if you're going to stay here at number two and you're not going to take a quarterback, which I'm totally fine with them taking Sean Watson, I think the second most important position in the game is pass rusher. And I think Solomon Thomas fits the need for this team uh, as another defensive end. They're going to that four-man front. We talked about off-air. We don't know what's going to happen with Buckner and Armstead. One of those guys will probably kick inside. One of them will play D-end to the strong side. Solomon Thomas maybe uses athleticism more. But either way, they're going to be they're building along the defensive line. Buckner is clearly very talented. I have my doubts about Armstead. Um, but Buckner's a talented, a talented player, um, and they're building along that front. And Solomon Thomas isn't ready right now. But this team's not ready right now. So his trajectory and his peak is going to be reached around the same time the 49ers should be. 
building in that direction. So they could go a couple different routes. Ruben Foster's my number two player. He's obviously good. I don't think linebacker's a big enough need there. Um, Marshawn Lattimore's a great pick, but I'm going to go with Solomon Thomas for the 49ers. Two pass rushers off the board with the first two picks. Man, we were talking off the air. If they were a 3-4 team still... I'd be tempted to take Tim Williams <laughs> myself, but that's a little, that that take might be a little too high. You wanted the even picks to shake things up. I know, but then time. I know we thought we thought about it, and it's like ah, they're going to four three, so I can't even stretch Tim Williams that far. You'll sign uh, him in somewhere in this first round, I'm sure. I, ooh, you're a smart <laughs> man. Uh, number three, the Bears. I think they're going to go lockdown def- defensive back, and uh, even though I love Malik Hooker, you know, corners just get paid more. The, the higher amount of money, and that's because I think they're relied upon more when you're talking about these freak athletes that they have playing wide receiver now. So I think it's Marshawn Lattimore, Gary on Conley. I'm going to give him Marshawn Lattimore uh, because I just think that he has – I think Conley is the more polished of the two right now, and I think they're both great players. But I do think that Marshawn Lattimore is more athletic, is a little bit more fluid, has better recovery speed, and can eventually you know, eclipse that ceiling that we're kind of seeing with Conley. I don't think either can be a bad pick. Maybe there's more of a risk with Lattimore just because he's not as polished. Um, but I'm going to take him, and I'm going to trust him to be that lockdown cornerback that they really need. Jaguars are on the clock, and I'm giving him Dalvin Cook because Dalvin Cook's the best, run- he's the best running back in this there draft. We you know, go. like we're not messing around with this thing. Best running back in the draft. I don't care. You know, you can talk about the off the field stuff all you want, but you know, based on pure talent, this guy's a stud. And Jacksonville really needs a running back, and he's going to give that to him in the first round. They go a couple different directions. I don't have an issue with them taking either safety. It seems like they're a little more satisfied there after free agency and bringing in Barry Church. But um, you know, certainly in direction they could go in uh, if they don't would, think Deshaun Gibson's would, up to the task. Just relying on Barry Church to be the guy. But uh, <laughs> I, I'm very, very proud of you for the Dalvo number number one running back, even though four is a little high. Um, for the fifth pick, Tennessee Titans, this one has not changed for me in a very long time. This one's going to be Corey Davis. I think Corey Davis is the best wide receiver in this class. Uh, the NFL does not seem to agree with me, but I'm going to I'm going to die on this hill. I think that he has wide receiver one capabilities, um, and I think he can do it all from a speed, separation, red zone, whatever you want. With the ball in his hands, with the ball coming towards him, uh, I think he's a complete wide receiver, and I don't need testing numbers to to tell me what I'm seeing on tape. I, I think he's I think he's a beast. I think he's the best wide receiver in this class, and he's going to go number five because of it. This is a weird spot for the Jets to be in because they need a couple different things. Quarterback's obviously one of them, um, but I, I'm I'm just I, and I don't think Kirsten Ackenberg is going to be good, so maybe I shouldn't be. But for some reason in my mind, I hate the idea of giving up on a pick with that that at one point did show some potential as much as i'm not a hackenberg guy hate the idea of giving up on a pick like that without ever actually having seen what he's capable of on the field like to me that just uh, that doesn't sit well with me and if they took watson here i mean applaud it all day i think he'd be a great fit for this team can do a lot of good things but or trubisky you know i I get it either way i I get my humps either way um but Let's say that we want to see what Hackenberg's capable of, and we want to give him a shot, uh, which I think is the only fair thing to say at this point. Jets have a couple needs, but to me, they have Calvin Pryor. They have that big safety that can play in the box. Some They need to get protection on the back end. I have Jamal Adams and Buda Baker over Malik Hooker, but again, this all is such an important part of this process is look at the scheme, look at the fit, and find the player that best works. And for the Jets, they need that ball hawk type player on the back end. 
They don't have that right now. They need a guy like that to complement Calvin Pryor in the back end, and I think Malik Hooker is the best fit for them in that regard. So he's going to be the guy picking number six. How different, just a quick question, how different do you think we would be looking at the Jets quarterback situation if Hackenberg was picked more appropriately as like a fourth, fifth rounder? Yeah, it's a good point, and you're right. I mean, at that point, no, everybody would be like, yeah, Hackenberg just sucks. But the fact that they invested a second rounder, even though I know he's not good, <laughs> makes yeah. me want to be like, you know, give this a shot before you throw in the towel, even if maybe they've seen enough in camp. I just haven't seen him, so it's hard for me. No, I mean, none of us really I mean? have. Yeah. We just we just think that his tape that we the last right. year of his tape that we saw at Penn State was awful. You know, he's right. bounced past things and screen passes and but I just thought of that the other day. I was like, man, how different would we be looking at the Jets? It would oh, almost yeah. exclusively be you almost have to take a quarterback right. if you would they wouldn't overdraft him last year. But anyways, moving on. Seven, Chargers. I'm gonna give Malik McDowell. I just because I love the the thought of Joey Bosa, um, Ingram uh, Atauchu, McDowell, goodness, all yeah. on one defensive line. And I think I've done this in a couple of other mocks, but uh, that's that's one of my favorite scenarios that I love to set up. You know, the Madden kid in me loves to set up. So uh, pass rushing is king. It makes up for and it, masks, and it masks a ton of mistakes or even areas where you might be falling short around the defense. If you have a good pass rush, if you have a good D-line, a ferocious D-line, then, man, you can figure out the rest later. So uh, give me something like that, and we get another, you know, old school Seattle type of defensive line where they can almost, they can hit you from every single spot. Panthers are up, and they're in an interesting position because there's a lot of needs here. I don't think there's any question about that either. I mean, this team could go a number of different directions. We know that they like Leonard Fournette. We know that they like Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> can guess that they probably like John Ross a good bit. This team has a ton of options, um, and I think I'm going to give them something that's a little bit more out of the ordinary. Um, I think I know it's a little bit of a reach for Cam Robinson here, uh, but they need offensive line help, man. I mean, it's it's got to be paramount right now in Carolina. And so, you know, thinking about Robinson in this offense to me makes a lot of sense. Are you going to rely on Matt Khalil? Or are you going to rely on Darrell Williams? Michael Orr, I mean, these guys have not gotten the job done over the years in their careers. You're going to have to find a future at the position. Robinson wouldn't have to start right away in this scenario. Um, he could probably be brought along a little bit, start by midseason, something like that, um, and work on refining his technique and becoming more consistent is really the biggest thing with him. If he can harness his his good plays, you know, I said when I wrote him up that he has like he could have 58 good plays every game, but the two that are bad – you know, or the ones people are going to talk about because they, they look pretty ugly. And so I think that he's got to continue to get more and more consistent. But I don't know, man. He's he's really talented, and he feels a big need there. For the Bengals pick, uh, it's, it's very standard to go Mike Williams, and I could very well go Mike Williams here, but I'm going to actually switch it up. And I'm going to give him David Njoku. Woo! And I'm going to do that because – Joku came into Miami as a wide receiver, and I think this is a guy who can really succeed, even if you put him almost as a full-time slot mismatch duty. You know, you could put him in line if you want. You could have him coming on reverses out of the backfield, but to me, I just think that he is a a dynamic mismatch opportunity. And though I don't think the Bengals, you know, they have Tyler Eifert and AJ Green, but 
just adding another piece to it is just another area where you maybe check one, two progression. Both of them are mismatches. One of them is going to be open. And so I think that that ends up helping Dalton a lot. Um, and I think it ends up kind of opening the offense up even more. So I'm going to give him David Njoku just to switch it up because I love him as a player and I love what he could do. I love David Njoku. It's going to be a bummer to see him go to waste with Andy Dalton over there, but <laughs> no, he's a good player. And I mean, it, obviously it helps their offense, even if they don't quite maximize what he's capable of. Um, they need a guy who can run after the catch, man. They haven't had any playmaker type, you know, guys with the ball in their hands. And that's not AJ Green's thing as good as he is. Um, so they need guys like that, and Njoku brings that. Bills on the clock. Bills taking Gary on Conley, cornerback from Ohio State. I've been pounding this uh, uh, this pick for a long time, man. I've been all over the Bills taking Gary and Conley and, and replacing Gilmore and, and continuing to add to that secondary uh, Sean McDermott's defense. There's obviously a couple different directions they could go. O.J. Howard's going to be on the table. Jamal Adams is still available. It's a great pick as well, but – I just think Gary Conley fits a big need for them, and I think that they could easily um, tap into his skill set right away and, and, and get a starting caliber, high caliber corner in the NFL. Man, I'm trying to find Gary Conley on this stupid little mock thing. NFL's got him <laughs> too low. He's down uh, there at like 35, man. It's I too know. low. What are they, I know. What are they doing? Uh, Saints. So since you picked Conley, um, I'm going to go outside the box again, and I'm going to give the Saints O.J. Howard because O.J. Yes. Howard's still on the board. And so I think that, you know, I watched some of the Saints game and they still really love to use the tight ends, whether it was uh, Kobe Fleener or um, Hill. I can't remember his last name, but they, they, they kept using them, Josh Hill. They kept using them all the time. And imagine OJ Howard getting that stuff. <laughs> you know, good. <laughs> right. And so I, you know, I think that they still have a lot of emphasis in there. And I think that's what people, um, myself included, get confused sometimes when you see a team have certain success in one area going into the draft, it doesn't necessarily mean, oh, well, they're good there. You know, like, for example, with the Bucks, because uh, I cover them so closely, they have Cameron Bray, and it's and that's good. And then they have their other wide receivers who they, all, they, they continue to give passes to. But it's not like, oh, well, that means they're happy here. It mm-hmm. means that that's what they want to do. So imagine them getting a more dynamic and even better player in that role. Then you're talking about getting exactly what they want to see out of the offense that they're kind of running. So if you take a lot of those targets and give them to O.J. Howard on that Saints offense, um, I think it does wonders again. And I think, again, we're creating a, a high mismatch offense uh, for another team by O.J. Howard going to the Saints. Oh, uh, yeah, no question. I mean, I, I said it so many times during this pre-draft process, but these tight ends are offensive weapons, not just your traditional tight ends. You got to start yeah. thinking of, we got to start thinking about them differently and not looking, oh, they already have a tight end on the roster. You only play one tight end. Not going to draft a tight end because that's, that's not how this works. Um, Cleveland up on the board. Cleveland's taken Deshaun Watson. The first quarterback in Armagh comes off the board at number 12. Obviously a huge need. I think Watson, if you've heard me talk, has all the abilities uh, to be a franchise quarterback in an offense very similar to what Hugh Jackson could tailor his his unit to look like. Um, I think it's a great marriage uh, between the two of them. I think Hugh Jackson's going to maximize what Watson brings to the table and appreciate who he is as a player uh, and as a person, as a, as a leader. Um, and I just think it's a really good fit. I know we haven't heard a lot about it. I hope I think Watson will still be on the board at 12, and I hope Cleveland really thinks about it because – I think coming away with he and with Garrett and Watson uh, in the top half of this draft, with the, armed with still a couple second round picks, I mean that's a pretty that's prime real estate that you've landed yourself in right there. 
Yeah, um, I'm going to go back-to-back quarterbacks there because I'm going to give the Arizona Cardinals Patrick Mahomes. And I think that creating that easy transition from one to the other is really important in the NFL, and I think it's something that's really overlooked. And um, was listening to uh, Setting the Edge podcast the other day. Uh, Y'all should go listen to that. Those guys are pretty good. And they, I think Justice was talking about how the Cardinals' offense and whole scheme is set up for Carson Palmer to really just be able to throw the ball and stretch the field and get it to these these speedy wide receivers. And um, he has not really been the same guy after he broke his finger. And, he, you know, being the older gentleman that he is, who knows if he is ever going to be that, you know you're going to get him for one, maybe two more years – that's plenty of time to get a guy like Patrick Mahomes, who has all the talent in the world, to get in a good system, get with a, a guy who really knows quarterbacks and can make the most out of quarterbacks. I just kind of think this is a no-brainer here. If you're talking about long-term stability of your franchise, getting a guy to immediately come in and, and get under the wing and make it an easy transition at the most important position of football. So, Yeah, Philadelphia on the clock right now. And, man, I'm going to have to reach on my board because I I like some of the corners. I like Humphrey. I have a first-round grade on him. I think I could see him working here. Um, I like a couple, you know, a pass rusher like Carl Lawson could make sense. He and Brandon Graham would look like like clones of each other. Um, But I think somebody like him could make sense. They've got some options. But Christian McCaffrey's an early second-round grade for me, but I love his fit here so much with Doug Peterson um, that I just think, they need a running back, man. They gotta get Carson Palmer more help. They've already added to the weaponry at the at the wide receiver positions this offseason. I think they're significantly improved there. Getting a guy like McCaffrey in this offense, and I don't think he's gonna be there for them on the board, but getting a guy like McCaffrey for this offense, I think it's critical, man. I think that they need a component like that, uh, a guy who can help shoulder the load in the run game, but more importantly be a dynamic threat underneath and a guy who can make things happen with the ball in his hands after the catch. So to me, that's a pick. I think that they go a couple different directions and I'd be pleased, but I love the McCaffrey fit in Philadelphia. Man, we're almost halfway done and John Allen's still sitting on the board. It's uh, And I, I think know. Jamal Adams is. He is, he is. And uh, I'm going to skip Fournette. over. I'm going to skip over all three of those guys again. And with the Colts signing uh, John Hankins, getting some other pieces in there on their defense, uh, I'm going to give him Tim Williams, a player who I think was absolutely one of the best pass rushers in all college football for the last two years. You know, 30 tackles for loss and 20 sacks. And when you think about the limited amount of snaps that he played, so situational with Alabama, it's crazy. And, uh, you know, there are definitely off-the-field concerns with him, um, some other concerns here and there. But, you know, if we're just talking about me, what I would do, I've never met Tim Williams. I have never been able to sit down with him myself, really figure out who he is as a player um you know motor wise or who he is off the field but in terms of what i've seen on the field give me that guy at 15 all day for the colts i think that he would be a fantastic pass rusher and that is the area that the colts need to improve on the most even though they have addressed it a little bit in free agency they'd still need that top end guy to really get it done for you on third down so tim's my guy back-to-back alabama players baby because reuben foster's finally coming off the board and we got Ruben Foster, Jamal Adams, John Allen, Leonard Fournette, Mitch Trubisky all still on the board. So yeah, if you don't yeah. think Thursday's mock of what the NFL will do is going to be different, you're tripping, man, because we are definitely going off the beaten path here. But Ruben Foster in Baltimore, I mean, perfect fit. He and C.J. Mosley, both Bama guys, they're going to tear it up there. I don't think there's any doubt 
uh, about what they're capable of and, and the right type of linebacker for today's NFL as well. Both guys can cover. Um, man, the Ravens just got scarier if they add Reuben Foster to the mix, and he, he could fall this far. Um, and so I think that that's a pick that they're not going to be scared off by the other stuff, I think. And as long as his health checks out, uh, I think they'll be more than happy to welcome him into the fold. So that puts Washington on the clock for you. All right. Now we're going to get John Allen off the board. You know, we just talked about it a little <laughs> bit there. And, you know, with with um, with Washington especially losing Chris Baker, I think that's mm-hmm. a big deal. I think it's more of a big deal than people thought uh, because I think Baker was – was really efficient last year, not only as a pass rusher, a big guy who could move, but especially as a player who could who could take up blocks and who had a good motor and was reliable. And I think that is exactly what John Allen is. And I don't, you know, it, it's going to be, I think either, they're going to be replacing somebody either way with this pick. You know, I think it's either going to be a wide receiver or a defensive lineman. So the fact that John Allen is here, uh, I'm going to give him, uh, I'm going to give them him over Mike Williams. Uh, but you know that I—that's why I think if he falls this mm-hmm. far, I think seventeen is certainly his. Oh floor. yeah, yeah, great fit in Washington. That yeah, that, I think this is where he his range should be. To be honest, you know, I somewhere, kind of agree. Yeah, you know? mid to late first is somewhere where I think he can. That was more effective or more or better for his range of where he's actually should be valued. Um, Tennessee eighteen. Jamal Adams is on the board. Man, they could have taken him at five. This is a no brainer pick. I could have made this one of my sleep, to be honest. I mean, fills a big need for them. I know they brought in Jonathan Cyprian in the offseason, but he's just not very good. And uh, I think Kevin Byard could be a starter in, in on this team, uh, more of, the, of a free safety role probably. Allows Jamal Adams to do what he does, man. Play in and around the box, move top down on the ball. Um, I just think he's a heck of a player. Um, you can talk about what his value is to a team all day if you want, but. This guy's a good freaking football player, and he's going to immediately give that Titans uh, secondary, which really didn't have any identity last year. He's going to give them identity and leadership and and much-needed stability there. This is obviously a dream comes true for Tennessee. Don't think Adams is going to be anywhere close to this on the board, but they could take him at five. So we Corey Davis and Jamal Adams, man, I guess <laughs> we're going to have Tennessee fans hoping that we're we're drafting on Thursday. We're about to get like, followed by like, every Tennessee fan. <laughs> Buccaneers up for my man. Yeah, it's uh, you know, this is kind of this mock has been a little bit weird for me, just because we've seen, you know, I cover the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and we've seen stuff from OJ Howard, David Njoku, maybe some of the safeties, Corey Davis, Dalvin Cook, and all those guys, even Christian McCaffrey, they're all gone at this point. So I'm gonna give them a player that they have not, the name that they have not seen in a long time, and that would be Mike Williams. And I think it's because the NFL thinks that Mike Williams is going a lot higher. Uh, I know the Bucks have not done a lot of research on Mike Williams. They have done their research on him, but they just straight up don't believe he's going to be there at 19. So, um, I, but hey, in this scenario, they get another uh, outside receiver. Now, imagine with Williams on the team, they can almost put Deshaun Jackson a full time. Uh, I don't want to say, I guess, a slot role. Just, just this mass, this crazy. Deshaun Jackson on linebackers potentially roll, you know, and that's just the biggest nightmare any defense could have. And an offense with Mike Williams, Deshaun Jackson, Mike Evans, Cameron Bray, that's just, whew, mm-hmm. that's that's a fantastic offense. And so that's too much uh, for me to pass up, even in a dream scenario here for him. I still want to make out with the Bucks offense if that happens. <laughs> that, that's not too weird to I say. Remember you said that <laughs> the other time, I think, when I gave him Joku. So. Yeah, oh, my gosh. Mm, good stuff. Uh, Broncos up and they really need offensive line help. This is a tricky one because 
they're moving to more gap scheme type stuff when I think Ramchick is a much better fit for that. His hip injury gives me some pause, but I haven't heard anything negative. So even though I have Bowles ranked higher, I think Bowles is going to be much more successful with in his own heavy scheme. So I'm kind of in a quandary about this pick. I'm going to give him Ramchick, but I just want to throw that disclaimer out there that both those guys are available. And if it's if it's true that they're moving to more of a gap power type scheme, I think Ramchick's a better fit. But if they're still sticking heavy zone as they've been in the past, then Garrett Bowles is the guy I want uh, for that system. And, and he's the guy I have ranked higher anyway, but although I really like Ramchick as well, uh, not a lot of separation in my opinion. I think Bowles just has a higher ceiling. So I'll go Ramchick for what I think uh, they're moving toward uh, from a scheme perspective. Gives him a lot of stability right away. I think he's, he's just a technician, man. I just Ramchick's good. Like There's no qualms about it. He's good. I don't think he's going to be a bust at all. I think he's a safe pick. He's going to struggle in certain matchups probably. Uh, I don't think he's the greatest athlete in the world, but – I think he's he's a good freaking player. He can start uh-huh. you for, for for tackle for your team for a long time. Yeah, Lions. I'm giving him a son Reddick, and I think they'll be they'll be ecstatic if they can get Reddick at 21. Um, just a guy who could play a lot of different positions on a defense for a defense that really needs a leader who can kind of do it all. And I think that that's that's a big need for the Lions. Uh, much more than we, we're seeing tight end get mocked to him. I I, I think that. Linebacker is much more of a priority, especially when you have a talent like Hassan Reddick still on the board. So even if uh, a couple of the other tight ends were still here, I think Reddick would be the pick. I think he's the guy that needs to go to Detroit if he is available. Forrest Lamp heading to Miami, baby. Easy pick. That offensive line needs help on the interior. They keep Pouncey at center in this scenario. Lamp goes to guard. Bushrod stays at guard. Tunsil and James at the tackles. You've got your legit lineup again uh lamps versatile his scheme doesn't really matter he can do it all um i think he's the best offensive lineman in this draft i think he finished at number 11 on my big board that'll be dropping tomorrow by the way on fan oh it's a little ooh. plug for a little plug for little, the big board yeah little plug that's right uh and so yeah i think I, miami needs a good offensive line ajay's a good running back but i've said it before he needs he needs holes man you, he's not going to create on his own all the time he'll maximize what's there but he's not going to create on his own all the time Got to give him a good offensive line up front. Forrest Lamp's that guy, in my opinion. Did you see, side note, did you see a, the picture that Forrest Lamp put up? I think it was either him or his agent. They were hanging out on a boat. I got to think it was in Florida. And, like, Forrest Lamp's got his shirt off, obviously, because he's at the beach. The dude is so built. Oh, he's, yeah, dude. He's like, like a brick house. Dude, he weighs, like, 300 pounds, and all of it is, like, in his chest and his arms and, his like, his waist is – like, his, his core is obviously developed. And I was like, holy crap, this guy's, like, like a year of dedication away from being a pro bodybuilder. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, dude. He's, was, he's a real deal. I am, I am always incredibly impressed when human beings who are that large can – carry their weight that well and still look good like that and that's normally the really athletic kind of guys who know how to get the most out of their strength both in their upper and lower body so that was a good sign for me of forest lamp uh from aesthetics draft twitter um but for the giant handsome twitter yeah yeah absolutely um a big yeah big proponent of that the giants 23 overall, I'm going to give him Jared Davis. And I, I was thinking about giving him Evan Ingram because I love Evan Ingram. But I thought you were going to give him Leonard Fournette. But then now, your Florida bias came through. So Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'll never draft an LSU play. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I do think that um, 
Gerard, or Jared Davis is, is a good fit for New York. I think that they have a lot of needs there in that second level. Um, and just really need a guy who can be explosive to the ball, whether it's in the backfield or to the sidelines. And I think Davis is that guy. I was Like I said, I was going to give him Ingram, but with them addressing the offense the way that they are, they still do need a tight end, but I think they can wait a little bit for it um, when you have a guy who is as athletic as Davis is here on the board of 23, they can take him there. Yeah, Davis is interesting because I'm lower on him than most people. I have an early third-round grade on him, but I get the upside with him, and I get why people are excited. I mean, he's big, he's fast, and he's a really smart kid. He works hard. Um, a lot of inconsistencies on tape, I think. But Giants prioritizing linebacker in the first round, you can tell this is a what-would-we-would-do draft because <laughs> the Giants don't give a rip about their linebackers, man. It's, I like, it's that's every why, year. That's why I got him taking him. <laughs> that's that's right. why I got him taking him. Leonard Fournette's on the board different. for the Raiders, Call man. Me. I don't know what I can. I, I mean, it's Leonard Fournette. I mean, he's. Yeah, but, I know. Yeah, but they're gonna get. They're, they're gonna get Lynch. Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know if that's good. Yeah, that's true though. It's still a possibility. It's lingering. Oh man, I, I don't know, man. I think he could be an absolute animal in this. Behind that offensive line, it's like the perfect scenario for him. I know they run a good amount of inside zone, but to me, that's that's fine. That's uh, still I think. Fine. Yeah, still Fournette fine. can do that. Um, I don't know, man. I'm giving them Fournette. They haven't, right. as of this recording, Lynch is not an Oakland Raider. I cannot right. operate right. under the assumption. So here we go. <laughs> we're we're going Fournette to the Raiders. Uh, <laughs> Mitch right, Trubisky's right. on the board. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, not anymore. All right, so he's Boom. gonna he's going to the Texans. Uh, I actually really like this fit. Um, yeah. I, I think Trubisky w- would fit well in this offense. This offense that it really. You know, with even you know, especially with Lamar Miller as your running back in a solid running game, and you got people who can stretch the field. Obviously, New Hopkins is the incredible receiver that he is. Just, it's crazy to me how good New Hopkins is, and they still can't get a quarterback who can throw the ball like within. All it has to be is within arm's reach of this dude, and he can come up with stupid catches, and they still can't do it. So, they address mm-hmm. that here. I'm going to give him Mitchell Trubisky. Hopefully you can get something out of an offense that's got Will Fuller, that's got Braxton Miller, that has New Hopkins, the Lamar, Lamar Miller. A lot of potential explosion, you know, some big home run hitters there where they can hurt you from a lot of different areas. And so just give them a quarterback who's competent, and I think that they can be able to do that. And so let's hope Trubisky is that. him Getting him at 25 I think is great. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a pretty obvious fit at that point, I think. Top two quarterbacks are off the board. I like Trubisky a lot more than Kaiser. Um yeah, I think it's pretty obvious. I mean, he he is going he's going to need a landing spot that knows how to bring him along and work with what he has because right now I've talked about this a lot. From a mental standpoint, he's behind Mahomes and Watson. You need to bring him along that way because he is not going to process coverages and especially rolled coverages, pre snaps, and exotic blitzes and things like that. He's one year of experience, and you could tell on tape he's not used to seeing those things, and he struggles to take that new information and, and process it and make a new decision based on it quickly enough. So you're going to have to give him simpler reads to and build him up. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you risk shredding him uh, too early on, I think. So uh, I love what he offers as a skill set, but I do think that that disclaimer is important with Trubisky because his landing spot's going to matter a lot. Um Garrett Bowles, Seattle, it's a match made in heaven. They love athletic freaks. They don't care if you can actually play your position, although Bowles actually can. <laughs> so added benefit for Seattle. 
actually going to get one of these athletic freaks who's actually yes, good. Nice. So yeah, this is like dream scenario for Seattle. It's the actual, it's the marriage of reality and desire for their fan base. I think, um, and Bulls brings all that to the table. I love this guy. I love his game. I love the temperament he'll bring there. He's never going to be here for them, but this is our mock draft. This is what we would do, and he's on the board somehow. So we're we're giving him to Seattle number twenty six. With the top three running backs off the board, and I'd be tempted to take a running back here for the Chiefs. Um, I'm actually not going to give him Kaiser. Although they could very well go here, I'm going to give him Raekwon McMillan because I think McMillan is a guy who is being slept on. And I think that for as young as he is, I think that he has shown a lot of promise. And I think that he, again, we talk about having easy transitions. I think he could be an easy transition guy in the middle of that defense. And so I really like McMillan. I'm going to put him here at 27. I like McMillan too. Uh, I do. Not that high, but I do like him. And Kansas City does have a need for him, and they don't have a lot of needs. So I get the pick for sure. Dallas is on the clock, and here's the quandary, because I have Derek Rivers and Derek Barnett and Carl Lawson all over Charles Harris, but I really do feel like Charles Harris would be a great fit in this defense. They've also got needs in the secondary, and Marlon Humphrey's still on the board. Dallas is in a pretty good spot the way we have the board set up right now. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. But I a th- lot of these teams are. Yeah. I've noticed as I do mock drafts, really, the Cowboys, the Packers, and the Steelers yeah. have like great options here at 28, 29, 30. So. Because somebody's going to reach for – some of these teams are going to you know reach for talent, athleticism, and you know the T.J. Watt, Carl – or the uh, T.J. Watt, Tyus Bowsers, the quarterbacks, yeah. you know, the, yeah. the Reddicks, the Jared Davises. They go those guys, and then a lot of the really good ready-to-play players are going to fall to the teams that, guess what, are going to probably win next year. So the rich are going to get richer, I think, in a lot of ways. I'm giving Dallas Carl Lawson as much as it pains me for the Steelers um, to see Carl Lawson come off the board at that point. I just think this team needs another pass rusher, and he's going to be able to play that role really well. And and I know that the, I think he could have an immediate impact, and that's they really need. They have a lot of like project type guys that have had off the field struggles and need to get right and things like that. But uh, Carl Lawson to me is an, a guy that helps you immediately, so you, I don't think you can pass on that. I am going to give the Packers Derek Rivers, and I think that they need. Uh, When you look at that defensive line, um, last year when you were watching the Packers, even in the playoffs, their defensive line was so thin that they couldn't even run the schemes or the fronts that they really wanted to because they just straight up did not have the bodies on the defensive line. Uh, So I think that more than one of these picks that they're going to have this weekend are going to be on the defensive line. Um, I think they're probably going to add a couple more guys late, uh, even after the draft. At that position as well, so I'm going to give him a really good one to start uh, in Derek Rivers. He's a guy who I think could play in a 3-4 or a 4-3. I think he's that talented, but I also think he's kind of raw in the way um, that he's a little bit reckless in what he does. He still mm-hmm. needs coaching there, but um, in terms of potential as a pass rusher, as a guy who can impact the backfield, um, I think he's one of the better guys in this class. So, Yeah, it's a good pick for Green Bay for sure. Uh I think in reality, Rivers will last to around this range, maybe in the second round. Uh, and so it could be a possibility there for teams as well. Puts the Steelers on the board and Lawson and Rivers off the board. Those are my go-to picks. But I still like who's available here because I like Evan Engram as an option. Um, and he's still on the board. And I love Marlon Humphrey as an option. 
uh, in this defense. He wouldn't need to start right away. Um, you could bring him along a little bit for a year uh, and and kind of cultivate his patience and technique, which I think needs some time. But he brings everything that this defense wants in a cornerback to the table. I love him in this scheme. Um, I think he has man coverage ability, which the Steelers are getting more into after running pretty heavy cover three for as long as I can remember. Um, they're mixing in some cover two, some cover two man, and, and those types of defenses as well. And I think that Marlon Humphrey fits that versatility really well with a little bit of development. So I think he would end up playing year one, but I don't think he would have to start week one. Um, and I think that he could benefit from some good coaching, which hopefully he could get here. And so um, Marlon Humphrey is the pick at number 30. That's a steal in my opinion. How do you feel about Peppers there? Because I don't follow no. the I don't I don't I don't follow the the Steelers. Um, it doesn't even make sense. I mean, it's, okay, that, that's all. I, I, yeah. I, I mean, Peppers has some upside to eventually be a good player, but a the Steelers can win the Super Bowl now. Go get guys that can help you win right now. Peppers is a project. If he played that like nickel overhang type spot that you and I have talked about him playing in. Right. Yeah, that feels like a little bit of a need, I guess. But William Gay is still going to be the start, starting nickel, so you're talking about a guy and that's yeah, going to play in those no, yeah, it's not worth it. dime situations. Yeah, and, and yeah, people out no. there in national media don't realize how good Mike Mitchell's been here as free safety. I mean, he's one of the best free safeties in the league. I don't even I don't know why he doesn't get talked about. Uh, people just assume the Steelers' defense doesn't have any talent still. But yeah, he's been he's been an animal here, and Pepper just doesn't have a role. I mean, they drafted Sean Davis in the second round. Mitchell will be here at least two more years. It's just. If they pick him, it would be a long-term thing. They didn't bring him in for a visit either, so I don't know. We'll see. I hate him. Uh, 31, the Falcons. I'm going to give him another pass rusher. I'm going to give him Derek Barnett. Putting Derek Barnett on one side. Poe, Grady Jarrett, Vic Beasley. Again, we're talking about setting up a defensive line that is just ferocious, something that can really make up for um, a lot of blunders in the secondary and the second level, and they don't have a lot of them. Uh, so it's really just going to be a lockdown defense. And, man, that Falcons team is good. Like, when you think about it, if they wouldn't have lost Kyle Shanahan, I'm thinking about the Falcons as another Super Bowl, almost like lock when I look at that roster. It just mm-hmm. how explosive that offense is, uh, how good it is in, in, in East. They have players set up for every kind of situation on offense. And whether it's over the top or a go-to passers route or maybe a mismatch here or there with a speed guy or a tall guy or you know which running back they have in man that offense is so good and you know when you talk about uh, adding another defensive piece in there and keeping the defense up as much as they do that roster is one of my favorite rosters in the nfl and adding oh, yeah. Derek barnett to that um is is just uh more icing on the cake so yeah i mean they're loaded they're gonna get better defensively they get desmond trufant one of the best corners in the league back i mean the only question is if they can replace Shannon and what his loss, you know, how, right, how drastic right. an effect that has because, yeah, all the pieces are in there to repeat, uh, make another run. Um, I'm taking Buda Baker for the Saints. You try to let him get out of the first round every time, man. I'm not going to let it happen, you know. I, so, <laughs> not going to let it happen, man. Top ten player in the class, huge On steal. Thursday, let me tell you, he's not, he's not making it out of the uh, top 20, wink, wink. Buda Baker. Yeah. He's going to the Bucks. I'm not going to say that. You're not saying, but you're saying. I'm saying they're, when there's smoke, there's fire. And Dude, I'd freak smoke. out, man. I'd be super happy for Buda Baker to get drafted in the first round because he deserves it. He's a top 10 player in the class. I actually have him ranked a couple spots over O.J. Howard, who the Saints took at number 11. So this is well, a great pick for them in a couple ways, man. I mean, Buda Baker fills multiple roles for your defense. Um, I think that's 
critical for the Saints because they've had a lot of injuries in the past and there's still some uncertainty at some spots. He steps in right away as your nickel corner. Uh, he can be your free safety if you need him to be. He can play on the back end. He can play in the box. He can do all kinds of things for you. Just get him on the field, man, um, and he's going to make plays for you. Uh, no question, he's one of the best players in this draft, in my opinion. And people are sleeping on him because he's small, but that's going to be a steal if he falls all the way to number 32. Agree. That's our first round, man. Here's big names that we didn't include. Taco Charlton, which I, the buzz on him's kind of died down. He was like, oh, he's going top 10. And now I feel like he could fall out of the first round and really nothing changed. I just maybe we jumped the gun and people who were reporting jumped the gun. Caleb Brantley, but see a draft stock after his yeah. off field incident. Gone. Yeah. Um, John Ross didn't go in the first round for us. Tack McKinley. Uh, Jibril Peppers didn't go in the first round for us. Alvin Kamara. Charles Harris, Sidney Jones, obviously with the injury, that's not going to happen. Tredavis White, Evan Engram, I thought about him to the to the Steelers, as I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, There's some good players left. Yeah, There's a lot of good players yeah, left. Yeah, I think we we got everybody off the board that I would be you know passionate about banging the table for, I think. But, um, yeah, there's definitely some good players left. I don't know if there's anybody with a first round that I have a first-round grade on that's left as I kind of scroll through. Oh, Evan Engram, that would be the only one I have with a first-round grade. I think that's – that's still on the board unless I'm somebody's I'm missing somebody here. So good first round, man. Uh, we're going to do the second round tomorrow though. So foul these picks away. But when we start the episode tomorrow, we will rewind and kind of take who we'll read off who we took in the first round. So you guys are up to date with us in case you forgot. Um, and then we will do our best to work our way through round number two. And then on Wednesday, it'll be round number three and, Keep giving you great draft content all week, man. We got awesome stuff planned for you on right here on the podcast. So all week long, make sure you guys are keeping it locked right here on Locked On NFL Draft. Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17